Joanna Perpich, joined by um, Megan Duffy. This is Crime Talk BK. Megan, are you there? Yeah, girl, that song is 
very apropos this week. <laughs> That's why I chose it. Um, well played. Big mood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was definitely. I've had an interesting, interesting week with my relationship with the news and social media. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I had a doctor's appointment yesterday for my lupus, mm-hmm. and I like walked in and sat down, and we're just like chatting about my joints. And then at the end of the appointment, she always sits there, and she just you you know how there's like some people who just look very kind. That's like my yeah. doctor. So she's just Aww. sitting there, looking just very sweet. And she's like, oh, is there anything else you'd like to discuss? Standard question. I'm like, coronavirus? <laughs> and it was so adorable. She like sighed heavily and kind of slumped. And she's like, man, all of my patients are asking me that. Oh. <laughs> I'm just well, like, I'm sorry. It's, you know, it's a little scary. <clears throat> she said that if you are a healthy, normal person, you'll be fine. Just wash your hands a lot well, and don't touch your face. Yeah. I think the scariest part is that uh, our our leaders are calling it a hoax. Yeah, that's not great. Not great. Not great at all. I, uh, I don't know what's going to – I don't know how they're going to spin this because it's not. It's it's all – it's a never Trump hoax is what it is. That's what they're – that's what they're – the CD they, – they basically muzzled the CDC. Like, what? Oh, God, help us all. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I think the common I, advice is is that it's not the virus itself. It's that it could develop into pneumonia. So yeah. if you're having troubles breathing, and this goes for literally any cold or flu, go to the hospital. Yes, it is flu season. We're still in flu season, too. So, you know, take care of yourself. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Don't touch anything. Oh, it's so hard. I know. I realize my glasses are like germ pools. Oh, yeah. Because I have to push them up on my nose. They don't quite fit right. And because I'm pretty good usually about not touching my face because I'm like a, I'm like a um, professional sick person. And then I realize I keep touching my glasses. <laughs> Kind of the same thing, is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. maybe. Uh, Don't ruin this for gonna... me. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I won't. I'm sorry. Um. But anyway, um, how 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 is your life besides our impending doom? Uh, I'm sort of obsessed with it. I can't tell if I should just stay in bed or drink myself to death. Uh. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm still working. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yep. Anything else on our in our on our doomdar that we should be aware of? Nah. Uh. No. I think I think the doomdar is you know fully screaming bright red. It's like the the um. What is it like the horseman of petulance? Uh, pestilence. Yeah. Not the, petulance. The of the <laughs> yeah. Two are here. <laughs> Who's the first on one? The who, are, who are the two that we have? 
It's war. Oh, wow. I forgot the other two. I'll look it up. Zombies. But I think our pre- I think our president is one of them, too. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw on Facebook someone being like, guys, coronavirus is not allowed to wipe all of us out because we haven't even had a zombie, like a zombie apocalypse. Come on. <laughs> right? I know. Come on. I was like, okay, we're waiting for the zombies. Um... Yeah, it's been on my mind. But then it's like sometimes I take comfort in the fact that the incubation period is so long that folks in the United States probably already have it. So if you're doing okay, you might just continue to do okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm starting to um, dwell on this. Uh, All right. More famine, conquest, and Oh, war, famine, death, and pestilence are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Well, did you hear that the um, head of Trader Joe's, the founder of Trader Joe's, died today? Oh, no. So. Well, I, I you know, toast him with my three-buck chuck. <laughs> That's kind of cute. I'm in this <laughs> Trader Joe's fan group on Facebook. You're in so many fan groups. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, I am like, I just like to dip my toe into fandom, but I'm very like exuberant for the like degree that I'm in it. <laughs> so my, um, so my, uh, partner, he really, uh, he's into like cosplay and cons and, like, some, like, serious fan stuff, right? hmm And I just want to, like, sit on my phone and, like, make funny Star Trek memes. <laughs> I Look, I love a good meme. Buy the specialty items from Trader Joe's. Apparently, there is this lemon Alfredo sauce that is a um, limited edition product. So mm-hmm. you need to go out and buy a case of it. It's apparently delicious. Okay, but I hate going to Trader Joe's because it's always so crazy. True. You got to find one near work. That's That's... Midtown. Oh. I mean, like, I've been to Trader Joe's in Minneapolis, and it's not as crazy, Uh so I enjoy that. It's like there's too many New Yorkers. There's (laughs) just too many of us to enjoy anything. There's always just so many bodies everywhere. I can't believe that there's not a Trader Joe's in Bushwick. I feel like we're literally the target audience. There isn't? No. There's just one in Williamsburg in downtown Brooklyn. That's it. And then there's a few in Manhattan. There's one in Gowanus. That's so far. I know. That's where they filmed the, um, what was that show that my sister and I, Two Stoner Girls. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Broad City. What was that show? Broad City. So funny. And yeah, so she had a heavy, heavy trip in the Gowanus Trader Joe's in one episode. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. I wish you Ikea on drugs once. Yeah. It actually also, was a very good experience up until I, like, lost my bag and almost got... Well, anyway, it's fine. I was fine. It all worked out. <laughs> um, Barely. <laughs> I get lost in there sober, so I can't, 
I can't. No, it was really, I fully recommend like microdosing and going to Ikea because my stress is so high when I go there. There's like decision fatigue just by walking in the door. And so my roommate gave me some shrooms and I was just like, oh, this couch has such a nice texture. Let's buy it. I would eat meatballs and lay down on a bed like that. (laughs) But it's like perfectly acceptable. It's like the best place. But yeah, like don't bring the bag with you. Right. (laughs) Share. Let's share. Share the experience. Oh, my. That was wild. I did buy a really cute couch that I liked, which you sat on in a weird chair, but whatever. Chair is no longer with us. Mm. Um, so, oh, how's your cat sitting? Uh, we will be cat sitting today. Yep. Now take Ziggy out in the stroller again. No offers on the apartment yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Stock market. Well, I just, feel like uh, I feel like she put it on the market too early in the year. Yeah. Uh, buying season's about to start, so hoping that that we can we can get this ball rolling. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna take him to the. Uh, I have to roll him through the slope, and um, which is fine because I have errands to run, so mm-hmm. I'll just bring him along to the olive oil store. I <laughs> just love. You posted a photo to your Facebook of your camo stroller and this, like, cat in it, looking just, like, very curious and happy, just kind of sitting there. And then I love it. It's like you have, like, your hair and your scarf and all of your, like, rings and you're, like, it's like you're holding some sort of, like, Starbucks cup or something. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. It is. It is. uh, He brings a lot of joy to people that see a cat in a stroller. (laughs) They either... They either like drop to their knees and goo goo eye at him, or they give us a wide berth because they think I'm very strange. Did <laughs> <gasps> uh, uh, yeah. I tell you about the time that I saw someone walking a pig through Midtown? No. <laughs> tell us. That. It was like this little baby pig, probably weighed like 15, 20 pounds. It's like the size of a dachshund. Oh, piggies. I love piglets. <laughs> They're so fucking cute. And I was walking. uh, So at the time I was working at NBC and uh, taking like night classes basically for grad school. And my um, so I would have to like walk through Times Square to get to my school every day, every Mm -hmm. evening. And so I am like walking to the building and on that block is this woman (laughs) with this pig. And he just has, like, a little collar. I think he might have had, like, a harness on, just walking down the sidewalk, much better behaved than any dog. And she had, like, this growing crowd around her of people, like, taking this thing's photo and cooing over him and petting him. And this pet, this pig just looked, he's just like, I do this every day. (laughs) Like, did not care. I wonder what the rules are for having pet pigs in the city. I, I wonder, like, are they domesticated? I guess they are. I mean, yeah, like they have, you know, those pot belly pigs are somewhat, they can get real big though. <laughs> real big. But real this, fast. He looked like babe. He was just like pink. <laughs> like, <laughs> just a real cute little so thing. Cute. I, I don't know. If I had a pet pig, I'd have to give up bacon because I would be very conflicted. <laughs> I wonder how uh, big that pig is now. 
Yeah, well, yeah. It was a few can, years ago. <laughs> they can get real big. Sorry, That's I know under- I'm like putting off our show. It's like all the bad news has me needing to be funny. I know. We're just, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, That's okay. People will still listen. We'll get to it. <laughs> We'll get to it. We promise that true crime is coming. Um, who knows? Maybe they're tuning in for our charming personalities. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we are fucking delightful. Thank you very much. Uh, but just real quick before we get too horribly off topic. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn is doing our Drive to Five fundraising campaign. What does this mean? Yeah. All right. In May, Radio Free Brooklyn turns five. I'm sure that no one expected it. To be as big and wonderful as it is. Let me see. We have after school programs for kids. We actually have two studios now in uh, separate locations. Uh, We are just like doing really well. Like, you know, uh, we got like a really cool uh, grant um, a year or two ago from the city for our nonprofit work. Our listenership is up. Yeah. Well, our personal (laughs) listenership is up. Well, both at both. Both wonderful. Hour. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great to hear. Um, but we want to keep it going and we want to, you know, continue to like expand and become even more involved in our really wonderful community. And uh yeah, community radio. It's really cool. Uh so we're trying to race, don't laugh, twenty five thousand dollars to bring you I think it's her- doable. You do? I I, do I hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this $25,000 keeps the lights on, gives you commercial free independent radio for another five years. And, uh, we've so far raised about 30%. We have a few more months to go though. So we're fingers crossed, hoping to get there. And we have a couple of different ways to donate actually, which I think is brilliant. You can make your donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five. That's radiofreebrooklyn.org org slash drive to five or you can text us at rfb gives um and the s is a five so it's spelled rfb give five for drive to five i guess i should probably just start pronouncing that rfb give five instead of rfb gives it's confusing um but that so you text that to four four three two one and you can make a pledge right on your phone word and we have some fun prizes. If you donate, uh, you have a chance of winning, winning a limited mm. edition uh, shirt designed by former Clash manager Cosmo Vinyl. I don't think that's his real name. Uh, we also have <laughs> other great prizes. Um, again, make a donation either online or on your phone. Please. And... This is actually my favorite part. Maybe, Megan, we should do this. If you can't afford to give, but you still want to participate, let us know how much you love us or wish us happy birthday by leaving us a voicemail at 718-673-8201. That is 718-673-8201. And if your message is super special awesome, we'll play it on air. Also, if... We don't want to play it on air and you want to leave your phone number. Maybe Joanna will give you a call on air to say, hey, what's up? <laughs> I, I like dream that. It's like Tom comes up to us and he's like, 
hey guys, uh, you have some like weird messages. <laughs> Can you like yeah. handle this? It's just like our fr- fans like heavy breathing or, or something listing their favorite serial killers. Oh yeah, our freaky <laughs> fans, man. We love all of them. Anyway, um, yeah, so why don't we uh, get to what you came here for? Uh, so, Megan, what, what, what you got for us today? Um, all right, so I'm going to – you want me to start? I'll yeah. Start. For 20 minutes then already, babbling. Uh, so there, a family of a New York inmate this week, he had killed himself uh, when he was serving a life sentence. And an upstate prison. Uh, their lawsuit alleges that the officials beat him to death and, uh, or beat him severely and then ignored the warning signs uh, of his heightened suicide risk, right? His name is Dante Taylor, and he uh, killed himself in an infirmary, an infirmary cell at Wendy Correctional Facility in October of 2017. Um, the lawsuit says that the death is avoidable and uh, officials were recklessly and callous. Officials recklessly and callously failed to set up proper suicide prevention efforts. Now, he was in jail. Uh, he was in prison for his 2014 conviction. I'm sorry, his 2017 conviction of the murder of Sarah Good, a 21-year-old Long Island mother who disappeared in the summer of 2014. Her partially decomposed body was found in a wooded area about a week later, and the autopsy revealed she had been brutally raped and stabbed to death by a man whose sexual advances she had earlier rejected at a party. Yeah. Um, So the reason I bring this up is because uh, the lawsuit also alleges a lot of police and prosecutorial misconduct in handling the case, which Mm. I found pretty interesting. Um, So uh, she had been missing for two days in June of June of 2014 when her family called and reported her missing. Um, they, you know, passed out flyers. Neighbors and the family started the search. Uh, a couple of days later, her BMW was found parked in a wooded area in Medford, mm-hmm. not far from uh, her home. Um, and although the car had not been broken into, police said it was found under suspicious circumstances, quote unquote. Um, they wouldn't comment on what those circumstances were, the police wouldn't, nor would they reveal whether her personal belongings had been even found in the car. Uh, she's a 21-year-old gainfully employed Long Island woman. She should have personal stuff in her car. Like, if she's anything like me, when I had a car, I used it as, like, an extension of my purse. Yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. Um, all right. I mean, quite frankly. So, um, so using canine units, the police swept a wooded area where her car 
had been found. And on June 12th, almost a week after she went missing, a group of searchers found her body in the woods within a mile uh, of the site where her car had been located. Mm-hmm. So in July of that of 2014, uh, Dante Taylor, who at the time was a 19-year-old former Marine from Mastic, Long Island, whose advances she actually rejected at a party they both attended, was arrested in connection with her murder. So later on, it was revealed that a bloody handprint in her car and text messages between them on the night she went missing linked him to her murder. So initially he was arrested, later released, after it was learned that police had taken fingerprints, DNA, and cell phone evidence without probable cause and had questioned him without reading his uh, Miranda rights. So they let him go. And then they arrested him a month later on unrelated charges in Vero beach, Florida, and then extradited for trial. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So he's arraigned. Um, Apparently, during the arraignment in Central Islip, it got real ugly with her family throwing verbal taunts at him and screaming other awful things at him in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prosecutor described the gory scene found inside of her car at the time and presented evidence that he raped her and subsequently beat her so badly with a sharp metal object. Uh, They said they found that metal uh, piece of sharp metal embedded in her skull. Oh, Oh, horrible. I I mean, yeah, right. It's horrible. So you can understand why you can understand the gut wrenching reaction that everybody's having. But during the trial, the prosecution was sanctioned by Justice John Collins for withholding evidence from the defense. That includes a series of Crime Stopper tips pointing to other potential suspects. Yeah. Huge Brady violation. Mm-hmm. It was also learned that police destroyed a threatening message from a boyfriend that uh, she that Good had recently split with and ordered a hearing. Uh, the judge also ordered a hearing on why a lake and pond were searched 15 months after she was killed. So one thing that I don't understand about cases like this, because unfortunately police um, and investigator misconduct on the scale is not unheard of. <clears throat> um. And again, I mean, we haven't gotten to the right story, so maybe I'm jumping the gun a little, but I know that prosecutors want fast arrest because people get freaked out and there's political pressure, but why would you not want to get the right guy? I totally, I'm totally confused by that too, because if you don't get the right guy, then you're just allowing the killer to run free. It sounds like it's just about optics. Seems so. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I, sorry, yeah. I mean, our whole show is based on the, 
that's kind of bullshit. So, um, the, so the judge also uh, decided that in court that he may or may, based on these revelations, he said in open court that he may instruct the jury that Taylor's rights may have been compromised by the prosecutor's actions. Well, no shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least the judge I mean, is doing their job. Yeah. Well, sort so, of. you know, one of the uh, one of the other tips that came in was that Good had placed a 911 call four days before her death to said ex-boyfriend uh, about said ex-boyfriend and um, that he threatened to kill her and that that said ex-boyfriend was absent from work on the day of her death. Another set of tips came from a different dude who uh, posted on Facebook that she was at good was at home the night she disappeared. And he posted uh, pictures of bloody knuckles. Yeah. It's like all of these other tips came in that relate to at least two other people. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Let's see what else. Oh, there was a there was a threatening voicemail from the said ex boyfriend, uh, saying he was gonna threatening violence. It basically it doesn't say exactly what it says, but it says threatening bodily harm. The message wasn't preserved by the police department and is no longer available at the time of the trial. Of course, mm-hmm. right? So. <laughs> Aside all of this, the suppression of evidence and the question that the prosecutors and the police department weren't working in the best interest of fucking justice, Taylor was found guilty, clearly, of first and second degree murder, which I don't understand. (laughs) Pick one. And attempted rape in the first degree in the death of Sarah Good and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. I don't understand how you can get first and second degree murder. Yeah, because isn't like the qualification of one mean that you can't be in another category? Yeah, because you first degree is is the pre-planning of the killing, right? Mhm. And as far as I understand it, second degree is sort of the in the passion of the moment. So I don't understand. He like planned it in the moment. He, yeah, heat of passion planning. I that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Okay, so yeah, so that's when the lawsuit. So that's why the lawsuit by his family has been filed. He was found, uh, as I mentioned, found dead, and uh, Wendy Correctional Facility, which is in Buffalo. Um, the family has been arguing uh, that, I mean, it's in, even in the trial transcripts, like they're, they're like pointing to this, like, look at all this misconduct. They were trying to get him out. He was, in, you know, in, in I think they, because uh, he gets automatic appeals because it was a murder. Um, but the biggest <laughs> argument is that the, 
uh, prison, the correctional facility, uh, and the prosecutors and the police department didn't meet their basic constitutional duties. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a few um, times. Yeah, a number of times. Uh, his trial attorney, whose name is John Lewis Jr., still to this day insists that the conviction is a travesty and a per- perversion of justice. And I don't think I can argue with that based on what I've read. Um, and he basically says it, uh, his death is just another injustice and a string of injustices. And I hope someone is held accountable for his death. Uh, the Department of Corrections declined to comment on the litigation. Yeah. It really still in in the in the time that we're living in, it still fucking boggles my mind that prosecutors are so afraid of losing their case that they will suppress evidence, that the police department will destroy evidence. Mhm. They knew they they knew there was clear suspicion of other people and yet they hung this young man out to dry and it really chaps my fucking hide I sometimes there's like a part of me actually I would love this if there's anyone listening to the show that this falls into I want to like sit down with these prosecutors or with these police and just like talk to them about their decisions and try to understand it and, like, mm-hmm. not even necessarily from, like, a judgment perspective, but it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like, I was, like, reading this article about this very brave young woman. She's in, I think, high school, who, for, who, she's, like, a reporter, and, or was she in college? It doesn't matter. Uh, she oh, interviewed the head of the KKK. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, she's mixed race, and she just sat down and kind of was just like, why? Help me understand. Right. I don't know. Like, you know, part of that is, like, this brings me back to, I don't know if you watched the Central Park Five documentary that was on Netflix a while ago. No, not yet. This case just makes me so. You know, or the the preppy murder, the the preppy murderer cases. Mm -hmm. It's like the prosecutors and police still stand by their judgment during their, like, myriad of fuck-ups. Because they can't have it look like they're inept. So I get, I see your point where you want to sort of understand what the fuck was actually going on, but they're not going to tell you that they made mistakes. They're going to stand by their judgment calls and destruction of evidence because otherwise we look like complete assholes. I mean, I know, I know, but like, even if it were, like, off the record, it's, like, I'm legitimately curious about the state of our police departments and prosecutorial offices where you have people who, <clears throat> I'm assuming, get into this career because they want to, like, make a difference in their community. I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. But, I mean, why else do you become a cop? Because uh, there's no other option for you? I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, 
Um, no, I'm you know I'm not saying all law, all law enforcement is bad. I'm just saying this particular team really, really fucked this whole thing up. For sure. There's also a reason why the Innocence Project exists. This is not something that. This is something that happens. Yep. It's real. Yeah. This is very, very real. Uh, any other takeaways from this case? Um, Last thoughts? Other than, I, other than I hate everybody? No. I'm good. <laughs> uh, well, I have more news for you that is, that's going to like continue this mood. Okay. That's what we do this for. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, like, why can't there be, like, fun crime? Like, hey, criminal New Yorkers, steal 500 pounds of bubble gum. We'll put you on the show. I know. Maybe next week we should just do like silly crime to lighten, lighten the mood. I'm getting kind of down with, like, the recent stuff, you know? That's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe we should lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Stupid criminals. <laughs> Darn award. All right. I uh, mean, they're not all rocket scientists, let's be honest. You know, I still sometimes think about that guy who stole, like, a gallon of mac and cheese of macaroni <laughs> salad. I completely forgot about that guy. <laughs> and it was, like, falling out of the bucket, and so the police were just, like, following this trail of macaroni salad i know or the guy that attacked the bus because the bus wouldn't stop so he ran the 23 blocks raising <laughs> following the bus and then assaulted the bus <laughs> <laughs> i think one of those might win <laughs> bus versus human i'm telling you Okay, you go ahead. Oh, no, but now I'm laughing and now I'm about to cry because Harvey (laughs) Weinstein, that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, let's fucking dig into that fucker. (laughs) I have to, like, take a deep breath. Oh, God. If anyone was wondering if there's a hell. All right, so Harvey Weinstein on Monday, Weinstein, Weinstein, on Monday was found... Guilty of rape and felony sex crime. Yes. Thank you, Lord. There is justice, at least somewhat, because uh, the two most serious charges of uh, predatory sexual assault, which would carry a life sentence, uh, he was acquitted of. But he is going to prison for rape. That's because he did it. Yep. You know, and Hollywood now has to acknowledge that he did it. And that these women were telling the truth. That's huge. Seven men on the jury admitted that he did it. Which I mean, like this is this is a landmark case. Mm-hmm. Although I do sometimes wonder how much this is going to actually change the Me Too movement. But like, fingers crossed, because there was not the type of evidence that there would be, say, if it was a murder. This is like the type of evidence that is typical for sexual assault, which is. Very, oh, I don't want to use the word like circumstantial necessarily, but there's no DNA anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is like something. Yeah. Like you can't follow like a bloody footstep. Right. It's a lot lot of uh, testimony and uh, what what the 
defense attorney is going to call. He said, she said. But it's like really um, important that that this is just what sexual assault cases are like. And so it's yeah. good that the criminal justice system is starting to figure out, hopefully, a way to bring justice while still acknowledging that these cases are not going to look the same in court as a lot of our other crimes. Right. It's not a, it's not, it's not, you're not going to solve it in 45 minutes, like on CSI. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah. So the two counts were connected to allegations, um, or accusations because we don't have to say allegations anymore because he was convicted of, uh, Mimi Harley, who was a former Weinstein company PA Okay, so mm-hmm. just to give you a sense, a production assistant is someone who watches the snacks on shoots. Uh, they run errands for people. They print things out. They make sure you don't trip over wires. Like they, yeah, they block the public from walking into the scene. She's basically one step above an intern. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact that Harvey Weinstein is targeting her, she is like one of the most vulnerable people on set in yep, terms of like power dynamic. And then um, the second allegation was made by uh, Jessica Mann, um, who at the time was an aspiring actress. Yep. Um, now, one thing that I thought was particularly like low eye roll is is that uh, shortly after uh, the judge ordered Weinstein to be held in custody until his sentencing, and that sentencing will be on March 11th, Weinstein was taken to Bellevue Hospital with chest palpations and high blood pressure. Good. Oh, whatever, no, man. Like it's called a it's called a fucking panic attack, and that's exactly how every fucking victim feels when they're in the room with you, you fat fuck. Excuse and then me. also, this is probably where how every person feels when they get like convicted of something in court. Yep. And I feel like the only reason why Harvey was t- Harvey Weinstein was taken to a hospital is because he's like rich and famous. Mm, I don't know. I mean. I think he stayed, the length of time he stayed at Bellevue is probably because he's rich and famous. But I think anybody would have been taken to the hospital. <laughs> Except for maybe uh, Dante Taylor. Yeah, I'm just skeptical of how much the people the, the people who have you in custody would even care about yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, I, no, I, I, you know, like I, if I you were, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's valid. Um, <clears throat> so who else uh, doesn't? Who else still doesn't believe the women? Um, Harvey Weinstein's lead attorney Donna Rotuno, a traitor to our gender. Fuck her. Um, she and said her, her agreements that she everybody needs to sign. What the hell? She said that she was shocked <laughs> and that he would appeal the decision. Well, of course he's going to appeal the decision. Yeah. And apparently Harvey Weinstein is very concerned about dying behind bars. I'm just like, well, you've gotten away this long, like, mm. should have been in prison years ago. I really, yeah. I mean, to see, like, after the verdict came down, I saw, like, Rose McGowan. And I looked at Asia Argento on online, and they're just like, Crying tears of relief. Yeah. So, my heart goes out to them for sure. I hope this brings. I hope this brings them some some semblance of peace. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to go into some of the women, um, Haley, who was a production assistant on Project Runway, uh, said that she first met Weinstein in 2004. He was kind of creeping on her, and she was just like, no, 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 demurred, you know. Um, she eventually did uh, agree to meet Weinstein at his Soho apartment uh, two years later because she's worried that she had insulted this powerful guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, she's just like at the beginning of her career. She's probably kind of overwhelmed by all the attention and doesn't know what to do. Um, and it was, you know, it was just like a casual conversation at first, like hopefully feeling pretty okay. Um, but then he tried to kiss her. Um, let me see. He, uh, backed her into a bedroom, held her down, and uh, forcibly performed oral sex on her. Mm. Mm. Um, and then the the second woman who got the conviction, um, man, said that she'd had, like, a very, like, long abusive relationship with Weinstein. Yeah. And that while some things were consensual, uh, he just straight up raped her two different times in, in New York and California. And when she tried to uh, end the relationship by telling him that she'd fallen in love with someone else, he, quote, became enraged, picked her up from a chair, and then violently raped her. Yep. So this is, like, not a nice guy. He's a monster. Yeah. And it was just like the, yeah. We get to say he's a rapist. We don't even have to say alleged anymore. He's a rapist. Well, this rapist uh, also has four more counts of rape and sexual battery in Los Angeles once he uh, gets his uh, sentencing here. Once he sent, yeah, and his little palpitations under control. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) And then I have um, additional news about this. Mm -hmm. This is that key witness, Dr. Barbara Ziv, um, was hit by a car the day after the verdict. Make of that Put what you will. Put your tinfoil hat on. Put your <laughs> tinfoil hat on. This is mind-boggling. So Barbara Ziv uh, is a, a psychologist. She's a forensic psychologist. And she was, uh, she gave expert testimony on kind of the mindset of uh, like rape survivors. And so her whole purpose was to explain why so many of Weinstein's victims would try to like be friendly and maintain this relationship with him after what happened. Right. And uh, her testimony was considered crucial to the jury reaching a guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. And uh, God bless the website law and crime reported that her accident quote may be seen as suspicious by some given the timing. She also testified at Bill Cosby's trial. Did she? Yep. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's like a step, like, we don't, our country just does not understand trauma at all. No. Nor do they care to, quite frankly. I just feel like we're, like, would be. sliding backwards. So Ronan Farrow made a statement after he had heard about this. Yeah, what did he say? He says, I don't make light of the fact that it was frightening to be in the crosshairs of Harvey Weinstein. 
there were times when I feared for my own safety. And you know, my sources were telling me to get a gun and I moved out of my own apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Powerful people. Yep. It's funny. The more we do our show, because I think also our personal interests are uncovering um, like abuses of power. Yep. And uh, so, you know, it's like we talked about El Chapo, uh, Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein. I don't know what, what's going on with all these Steen last Steen. names. <laughs> but um, it, it, I almost feel a little bit like I can almost see through the veil of what this life is like for these like mega wealthy people. Yeah. It's not pretty. Yeah. It's, it's kind of terrifying. It's terrifying. So anyone who's wondering if we live in an oligarchy, the answer Wonder is no maybe. More. Wonder no more. Yeah. So. Uh, let me see. I have a, I have a, um, are you done? Are we yeah, done I'm done with Harvey Weinstein. Um, we don't have, we really only have time for one more. I have something that's like a little bit silly, but quite short. Uh, what, what have okay. you got? Um, I'll do a quick short thing. Um, There was a dead body found in a burning van at a Canarsie gas station. Okay. Yeah, this is real short because they're still investigating. Um, Police discovered a dead body submerged in chemicals inside a burning van uh in a white van in a parking lot of the 80s street gas station i think it's a bp uh between foster avenue and preston court at around 6 p.m left uh i think it was monday night Mm -hmm. after after they extinguished the smoke uh they found the body uh he was pronounced dead at the scene and cops are still investigating and of course if you have any information Please call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-577-8477 or log into nypdcrimestoppers.com or send a tweet at NYPD Tips. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm so close to having that phone number memorized. I know. <laughs> I know. You were saying <laughs> it and I started to like mouth it as you went. 577-8477. Well, I always say tips. It's just like five, mm-hmm. seven, seven tips. It is tips. Okay, so that's what I had. <laughs> I have another one, but keep going. We're almost done. Um. All right, so I'm going to do my silly one uh, just to go like full circle from the top of the show. Uh, so I'll have to say Hong Kong has done an amazing job with coronavirus. They've had very few deaths or maybe even no mm-hmm. deaths, and they've had like a minimal number of exposures of people being diagnosed with it, even though yeah. Hong Kong is as close to mainland China as like Manhattan is to New York. Like I, I did not realize it was so close. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's close. Also, are they still rioting there? Yeah, they are actually. I think it's in the middle of the riot. Well, I'm sure they're not yeah. now because the city's under lock, but they're I'm handling their business. But, uh, yeah, people there are still, like, spitting mad over China, and the protesters are still, like, very concerned for for their for their protection. 
Actually, there is a really cool coffee shop and art space in the Lower East Side that I went to a few weeks ago, whose name escapes me. Uh, but I'll find it eventually and give them a shout out. Uh, and they were doing this really cool like art exhibit about the protesters. Mm. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Cool. Yeah, I made friends there. Um. Mm. So anyway, uh. Apparently, someone who had coronavirus in Hong Kong, their dog got tested, which I think to a degree makes sense. You know, they're trying to figure out if this is can pass between like human and animal. So the dog tested. I thought it passed, I thought it passed from animal to human already. Yeah, but it was like, does can it pass from you to your pet? Because I think the well, original animal was like a snake or something. It was a, I think it was a pangolin. Very, very weird little most exported animal for weird, weird things. But yeah, I just, I mean, like I said, if if you know that, then it would make sense to get your pets tested. Oh, pangolins. They look like armadillos. Yeah. Whoa. The most most traffic animal in the world. They're anteaters. Mm-hmm. They're trafficked? Yeah. They look like a pine cone. They're not cuddly. Nope. But they're trafficked for all kinds of uh, medicinal purposes. Oh. Yeah. Mm. They're actually really mm-hmm. beautiful looking in a weird way. They look like little dinosaurs, pre feathers. They're kind of cute. Yeah, they're kind of cute. <laughs> in a strange way. Yeah. Oh, they're really freaky looking. All right. Uh, anyway. Um. So anyway, people, this person's, like, dog got tested and tested positive in their, um, like, nose. So basically, it's a flu test where they, like, stick a Q-tip up your nose. Ugh, I hate it so much. Uh, but anyway, um, the dog does not have any symptoms. They think it's likely that it was just exposure from the owner mm-hmm. that was causing this. So anyway, people in Hong Kong are buying these, like, masks for their pets. And there's this one of this cat that looks like they just took one of those, like, floppy surgical masks, and they cut out little eye holes for it, and just <laughs> put it over its entire head. How, I, how are you going to get your cat to keep that on? I have no idea. It also, like, My that's... My cat would not let that happen. You would just put it in, like, a bubble, containment bubble. Yeah. But also, this is, like, uh, not how the masks work, although there actually are in in 95 masks for dogs that I saw that just goes over their entire snout. Uh, but I oh. thought it was kind of adorable and a little bit silly. Um, it seems like the dogs are fine. Um, so Google, like, dog coronavirus mask, and it'll make <laughs> you smile. <laughs> All the dogs are just like, what is happening, Mom? Uh, I know. I could ziggy one of those when I go out today. <laughs> well, uh, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, Crime Talk BK. And uh, we'll see you uh, next Saturday, 11 a.m. to noon. Later days. I hope.